In this episode, we reverse engineer our current successful Kickstarter campaign for our purpose journal. This baby went live, we hit our target in 24 hours, we reverse engineer how we did it, why we did it, and how you can launch successful Kickstarter campaigns. Joined by our Director of Education, Mr. Timmy Morris. We also talk about how Kickstarter campaigns, to use Timmy's words, really point to accelerated learning that stems from product market fit, iteration, understanding your consumer problem, being able to maintain and sustain after the launch period, after you get that spike. Heaps of practical advice in this episode, guys, as well as us just talking a lot of shit and having laughs, as we always do when Timmy's on the show. 28 and I'm trying to shape history Pulling from the sky for some strength to take with me Line up the stars, uh, fly away quickly And push the world forward like a tidal wave hit me I ride the wave swiftly I fear no man, check my titles mate quickly Came from the sky with the light of day in me Hello everybody, welcome to episode 223 of Ask Jack D. We are absolutely pumped for this episode. We are coming off the back of, and still the continuation of, an incredibly successful Kickstarter campaign, which is exactly what we're talking about in this episode. And both Tim and myself, I'll introduce Tim properly in a second, will talk a lot about not only how to launch and build a successful Kickstarter campaign, how to maintain and sustain it, but all of the different topics that it points to, product market fit, consumer insight. Mm. Iteration, all of that sort of stuff. Now, Mr. Tim Morris, who Rosie will bring up his bio again, so I don't forget it. Director of Education at the Entourage. I knew that part. Come on, mate. I knew. <laughs> I know all the parts. It just helps to have a prompt every now and again. I, uh, I turn it off. I just wanted to ad lib. No, no, don't. I, <laughs> turn <it off>. Come <laughs> on. No, no, I'll keep it up. Timmy was the general manager for Uber when it first launched in Melbourne. Uh, he's an expert in entrepreneurial endeavours, entrepreneurial thinking, not only launched several of his own successful businesses, uh, not only studied entrepreneurship at RMIT, but also taught entrepreneurship for many, many years and does so incredibly successfully and effectively here at the Entourage. Uh, previously, he's also held roles at Learn Lab, Juicer, RMIT, um, and launched successful businesses, one of being which the Pantless Postman, uh, which was awesome. And I totally would have used it had I have known it was around when it was around. So, Mr. Timmy Morris, thank you very much for joining thank us. Thank you very much. Good welcome. Now, for everybody that's watching, so as I said to you guys, we are joined by Facebook Live as well, who will be asking a lot of the questions that will facilitate the conversation tonight. Uh, but you should all recognise Tim, because one of the most uh, enjoyable conversations I've ever had on Ask Jack was with this very man. Uh, Rosie thinks it was episode 205 around innovation and effective innovation. She's, she's going to leave a link for all of you guys uh, as to uh, that episode. Watch it if you haven't already. That was the one where we just went. We just talked, which is probably <laughs> what's going to happen Rose, this time. Rosie didn't, Rosie didn't get a question in for, I think it was 22 20 minutes. minutes. <laughs> and then we were like, a 30 right. minute episode. <laughs> I, think it was actually, I think it was supposed to be 20 minutes and then we kind of busted through That's that right. before we even had a question. That's so right. We so we out. necessitated 30 minutes just so we could include Rosie and the audience questions, obviously. Timmy, the successful Kickstarter mm. campaign, it speaks to a lot of different yep. elements of entrepreneurship. I think the first thing, I just want to talk about how much I love crowdfunding. I know. As a concept. Because, Same. Because um, it really hasn't been around for that long. Like, I think Kickstarter as a platform is maybe six years or five-ish on the outside. Yeah. But in terms of actually hitting actual, like, general consciousness, like, yeah. I remember when we, when we used to talk about crowdfunding campaigns in workshops a couple of years ago, and I'd say, who's heard of Kickstarter? And it would be maybe 10%, 15% of the room would say, yeah, I've heard of it. Now, everyone. So, yes. So it suddenly hit... You know, mass point. awareness. Yeah. Um, but it just 
So the, the biggest problem that entrepreneurs have had for ages, they still have it, I had it, we see it all the time, is they think that their idea is fantastic, yeah. uh, and, they, and they just go and put all their money, all their effort, and all their time into trying to make this idea fly without ever testing it with the market. Um, and so we're kind of learning about testing, but these crowdfunding platforms are the best way to do that. It's, I just could not think of a better way. When you've got, you've got a concept, you've got an idea that's maybe at prototype stage, or maybe just ready to, to launch, do a crowdfunding campaign. It's how, it, you'll test whether it flies. If you don't hit your funding goal, then the market has spoken. The best consumer insight, and there's so many different forms and flavors and variations of consumer insight, right? Yep. Like Google um, keywords and Google analytics and, and, and focus groups and stats and data and research and all this. However, the f best, most fundamental, truest form of consumer insight dollars yeah they buy where do the dollars go where do the dollars not go because when people are willing to put their credit card in or whatever uh, that speaks volumes as to product to market fit right which is particularly if you're starting out in business you know the difference between having product to market fit and you can build businesses you might find this a little bit controversial, what I'm about to say. You can build businesses to a degree without product to market fit. I know, yeah, you can I agree. Get to I agree. Five, ten mil, whatever, but there'll be a glass ceiling and it will be done on grit and will and hustle. And at some point it'll slow down. When you have product to market fit, meaning, and, and Timmy's great at this being, you know, general manager of Uber when they started in Melbourne, talking about product to market fit. Um, being able to walk in, to borrow one of Timmy's concepts, walk into a, a group of five people that are in your target market, show them whatever it is you're doing, and have four of them go, wow, that's product to market fit. And when you have it, it enables everything else. It underpins everything else. Marketing, sales, delivery, customer service, right? Because you're not only hitting the needs and the wants of your audience, but you're also fulfilling it with the product itself, mm. which lifts the tide of the whole business. Mm. Yeah, so to talk to that, I, I actually agree 100% that you can build a business without product to market. It's just harder. It's super hard, uh, but this is where the determination and the perseverance and just just the the bullheadish nature of entrepreneurs gets them through for a while. That's right. Like they'll spend. And then you get fucking tired. <laughs> really tired. <laughs> <laughs> this entrepreneurship stuff so hard. <laughs> um, but no, that's it. Like you, you can it. you can through pure perseverance push through for a good Will. couple of years yeah. um, but it's not flying it's never yeah. taking off yes um, so what you want to do is you want to try and determine whether you're pushing shit uphill early yes. rather than spend a couple of years to figure it out yes and um, and so you want to try and test your concept with customers as early as possible there's a bunch of ways you can do that um, but one of them and the most effective I think at the moment is crowdfunding absolutely because you um, it's got everything really. It's got, you build some hype around a campaign. And so I'm sure everyone knows how crowdfunding works. Um, like a super quick overview is that you run a campaign over a period of time where you might have a fully working prototype of your product or your service. And you say, hey, um, I just need to raise the money to do the first production run. And I'm gonna set the goal at say 40,000 bucks, 50,000 bucks. And um, if enough people back this project and we get over that funding goal, then it goes live. We make it and we ship it out to everyone that's backed. If we don't hit the funding goal, then project over. Um, and the money from the customers doesn't transact. Yeah, yeah. Everyone keeps their money. 
and, and the project doesn't go ahead. Yeah, which, um, which for the entrepreneur, and, and actually a, a significant portion of crowdfunding campaigns, in fact the majority, do not succeed. They don't mm. get past their funding goal. What percentage is that, do you know? Uh, I'll have to look it up. Yeah. One of the great things is that Kickstarter, uh, which is the largest crowdfunding platform, publishes the stats on everything. If you just search Kickstarter statistics, it'll show you percentage of successful projects, in what categories, how much they raise. It's really cool. They love their data. As do I. <laughs> um, but as should any entrepreneur. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so in that case, so say you don't get your funding goal. Um, as the entrepreneur, yeah, that kind of sucks, right? Yeah, okay, your project didn't fly. However, it I think that costs you very little. Exactly. That is better. That is a much better outcome yes. than pushing for two years. Yes. Um, making it work through pure perseverance and then realising it's not going to work. That is a very good point. So yeah, you learned in 30 yep. days and it cost you nothing. Yep. Yep. Rather than pushing shit uphill is going to be the term for the episode, I think. <laughs> for two years, wasting time, yep, money. Yeah. And, oh, and time's the main thing, right? So money, you can always get some more money and put it into the next thing. Yep. Um, effort, you know, you can just rejuvenate. But the time, like you can't get those can't two get years back. back. Uh, there's lots of examples of Kickstarter campaigns that have been super successful, like the coolest cooler, which is a brilliant one. Yeah, I think he did almost $10 million. His first version of that didn't get its target. So like same concept, it just wasn't quite as good. Which is iteration in action. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so he got the feedback, didn't fly, went and did it again. So, mm -hmm. so that's the first thing, right? There's, it's this accelerated learning. Mm. Like you're going to learn in 30 days or 45 days or however long you run the campaign whether, mm. whether customers like it or not. Awesome. Uh, the second thing is... There's something to engineer excitement around. Like so, we we had that the launch party, yeah. which we'll talk about. We, yeah. we you know we really built up excitement leading into the launch, uh, which is great. And now we've got uh, it was a 45 day campaign. We've got another 30 to go, and we can keep on you know, engineering momentum, excitement around that. So that's cool. Uh, and then the main thing is the community. So we've already got I think we're close to 600 backers. We might be just short of 600 backers, and they're giving us feedback. They're telling us what they like um, before we finished. The product. So we've got the prototype, but we'll take that feedback and make it better. That's right. So we'll take that direct consumer insight, which is coming in from people that are purchasing it, pe yep. people that aren't purchasing it, and saying, does it have this or it should include this? And again, consumer insight, you never, you know, the, the customer isn't always right. You don't just listen to them verbatim and go and do what they tell you. You use it to inform your own thinking, your own creativity, to innovate the product. And as Timmy says, with Kickstarter, you can do that before you actually need to do the manufacturing run to ship out the 600,000 products or whatever that, that you've sold on that particular platform. Rosie, can you show me the slide with the stats that we did with our campaign plus? How are the comments going so far? So we've recently launched the Purpose Journal. Is it around? It's, it, oh, one I see one. <laughs> it lives up on stage here at the EDC. I don't that's, think we've ever had very anything. very convenient. Yeah, it is, because I always know where it is. The Purpose Journal, we recently <laughs> launched it on Kickstarter. We reached 15K the night that it launched. We hit our target of 20K in 16 hours. We've now raised $33,500. We have 595 backers so far that have come in at different tiers of the uh, product suite that they can actually purchase. And so we've got 600 backers. We've had you know, probably thousands and thousands of people see it. And so not only does it form consumer insight in terms of what does the world want by way of putting journals in the hands of entrepreneurs, um, but people backing it, giving us feedback that we can use to further develop it before the campaign ends, at which point you ship them all out and all that sort of stuff. The purpose around purpose uh, was that, I, in my view, 
to know thyself and self-awareness is the absolute foundation of entrepreneurship, right? Because the journey is so challenging. You need to be so incredibly independently minded. Uh, you often need to break free of social paradigms and cultural constructs. Uh, and the most effective way that I have done that throughout uh, my entire life really, but particularly, you know, probably my 20s, uh, was is to journal, right? Because it enables you to connect with self, uh, reconnect, realign with where you're going and rejuvenate in terms of getting the energy required to go forward. Um, so purpose was all about, and I think purpose was actually Timmy's uh, idea because he knows I'm such an advocate of journaling. He knows I speak about it so much. He said, why don't we make one so that rather than talking about it and because we've got a community now of 300,000 entrepreneurs and they all say they want to journal mm. um, but most of them don't because they don't know where to start or they don't think they know how and so this is a guide to help people start and it uh, walks you through uh, how to create the vision for your life, how to be guided by your, your curiosity and your joy, how to trust your intuition, how to embark on your mission, how to find value in adversity, how to connect with yourself and ultimately how to leave legacy and then at the end there's just blank pages that you can just freestyle and journal away so some of it's structured some of it's not but it guides you through a process of building a life that's meaningful to you and with this simple tiny tool we can put this in the hands of thousands and thousands of people which is why we chose kickstarter so that we can get it in the hands of thousands yeah. of people and i think that's an important point so some uh you can use this fantastic community and marketplace that is Kickstarter or Indiegogo or there's a, a multiple crowdfunding platforms. Um, some people use it to get their core idea off the ground. Yeah. Other people use it to maximise reach. Yes. And, and, and that's kind of what we were what really we're going, we're going with here. because So purpose is, uh, yeah, so it's to guide people on the process of journaling, help them understand how to do it, um, particularly through a lens of the entrepreneurial journey. And so where's the largest community of entrepreneurs out there and innovators it's for the people making projects on places like kickstarter mm. so we're like all right let's do something that will get in front of people who are actually launching new businesses and help them do it and it's been a lot of fun yeah it's been, been awesome. a lot of fun how, fu how funny was the launch party <laughs> so, 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 so um, well, that's, I mean, that's probably the first. There's a, there's a number of things about running a successful crowdfunding campaign, and we're early in it. Like we've we've passed through our goal, we shot through that really quickly, but we've still got another 31 days to go or something, and so we've got a long way to go to really drive this thing. Um, but yeah, so we had a launch party, and this is a great way to start it. Like we invited people because you here. want to build word of mouth and, and, and hype and energy around the launch and the campaign gives you the mechanism yeah, to do that. Absolutely. It, it, and it, all the things around any sort of product launch, this kind of helps you do. Yeah. There's a discrete moment when the thing goes live, the first time people can back it. So we invited a couple hundred people here. Uh, we're all, Jack's going to press the go live button on the buzzer. Um, With a countdown timer yeah, count in wake, by the way. <laughs> countdown timer. And, uh, and so we're building up the excitement, like the campaign's about to go live. We were 30 seconds away or 45 seconds away and someone runs up and goes, stall. We can't make the campaign go live. And we're like, what? <laughs> like, stall. How long? 10, maybe 15 minutes. <laughs> so, so the first lesson is, I, like... Things go wrong. Particularly in a live environment. But, but I, gotta, yeah. I think it built the, in, the anticipation up even more. Yeah. And so finally, yeah, 15 minutes later, we've gone... After you've done like a soliloquy on the stage. <laughs> Luckily I was on stage and I can talk. Someone says, Jack, talk for longer. I don't have a problem with that. Like no. if you could have been delayed fucking three days and we would have been fine. <laughs> so uh, yeah, finally it's like, bang, we're ready to go live. 
press the button, and um, it was just such a great start. Like I would highly recommend doing that, particularly if you have a bit of a community or you have people that would want to come and help you get your campaign off to a good start. Launch party, great way to do it. We just put on some drinks, some pizza, just had some good chats, and we. Um, so that was the, the first funny thing was it not going live. <laughs> we was having a stall. Um, the second great thing, uh, like you might not even remember, was when we went live and everyone started backing and the numbers were just going. Yeah. And you turned yeah. to me like, are those numbers real? Yeah, I'm yeah. Like, I couldn't believe it because we had. So we've got screens here and, and and the page was live. And when we finally got live, I was standing next to Timmy and we we're looking at it and, and it, like it went to six k in like thirty seconds. I literally turned to him, I said, is that real? He's like, that's real. It was just amazing to watch. Yeah, and, yeah, and, it, and it means that it, yeah, we, did, we did a great job on getting that, that, getting that launch going. Absolutely. And then, um, and then it's been, so we got to, uh, I think on that night, maybe about 15K, yeah. about $20,000 target. So you, so you set a target, and the key with, there's a whole bunch of math behind setting target. There's some great articles out there, just Google like how to set a Kickstarter goal. Um, but you try and, yeah, uh, try and set amount that lets you break it, basically. So we shot past that in 24 hours, actually 16 hours, and now we're into the, um, so you start with a spike and then you've got to keep the thing going. Like nothing sells itself, yeah. even on something like Kickstarter. Yeah. So now we're in the part of marketing it and actually getting more traffic and more people to see it, more backers. Which is, which, which is yeah, exactly the same. I'll come to that in a second. <laughs> Rosie's trying to get her word in again. This is gonna so happen I'm every sorry. time Timmy and I get together. <laughs> Is it really A25? <laughs> we fucking hell. No, it was the first part uh, of the slow. Yeah, yeah we, we eased into it. Ah, <laughs> oh, what were we talking about? Uh, oh, marketing. So that's what Timmy just said. Is it, you get a spike and then you've got to maintain it the same. That's true with any product launch, mm. not just Kickstarter. And so you said that perfectly before is accelerated learning. Everything that happens on Kickstarter in 30 days happens in any product but usually maybe over a year right mm. like you get an instant when something's new it spikes it's you know for whatever reason and then it plateaus and sometimes it'll dip and in kickstarter all of that happens it just happens in a matter of days right so launch the product uh, ensure you get product market fit have the spike then maintain and sustain through ongoing marketing and ongoing word of mouth all of these principles and philosophies are just like consolidated into a 30 or 45 day period it's really yeah. good Really actually, I, 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 I think everyone should do a Kickstarter campaign. I like, that should be part. Let's make it part of the program. We absolutely like, are making it part of the program. You have to do a Kickstarter campaign on something. Let's even actually matter what it is. do that. Done. In launch. Done. Absolutely. In launch, they have to because does it cost? Like, there's no upfront fee. No. no. There's okay. How good is that? We just developed a <laughs> component of our launch program live on Ask First intake, December 2016. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> If you're starting a launch in December, just be ready to do a Kickstarter campaign. Because we do a product market workshop for two yeah. days. During that workshop, they will launch a Kickstarter campaign. Or, uh, yeah, we'll take a bit longer than that. Yeah, yeah no, no, so we'll, we'll, we'll go through it in product market fit, and then there's a month until the next workshop. Yeah. And so it'll be a challenge. Homework. I'll, yeah. 100%. Got to come with your Kickstarter campaigns at the next workshop. This is actually really good. Rosie, can Sorry, you make a question? That? All right, <laughs> questions from the audience. Oh yeah, okay, question. This one comes from <laughs> Timothy Hutchinson. He asks, can crowdfunding work without the necessary marketing to drive traffic to the campaign? Uh, it can, but it's very rare, right? It's um, the ones that do work, and, and there are actually some great examples of ideas that have come completely out of the blue, 
uh, they haven't had any marketing or any dollars to spend on marketing, and they have managed to like ignite interest and go go off. It's rare, right? Yeah. That's the same with it. Like there have That's been products that, don't, yeah. that launch without crowdfunding campaigns that achieve that as well. Um, so, yes, it's possible. I think the best thing to do is to um, plan a really good campaign have some money to spend on some marketing or build yourself a community. You can build a community without spending any money. It just takes a lot of time. And so you'd build that community before you do the campaign. How's that? Perfect. <laughs> yeah? Yeah, very good. Any answer. other similar questions? I'm going through now. What would be the first step to developing an idea for your campaign? Ah, <laughs> the first step. <laughs> I love these questions. <laughs> the first step in developing an idea <laughs> is don't have an idea. Yeah. It's like the worst thing you can do. Um, but we've all done it. I've done it countless times. Uh, you come up with an idea, you think it's freaking amazing. Um, your friends tell you it's amazing and then you just run with it. Um, so by far the best thing to do is to go out and find a problem. Like go, go, well, go and find a problem or go and find a trend. I prefer problems, but trends are also particularly on things yeah. like Kickstarter. Yeah. Um, if you go through, if you spend, a couple of hours uh, going through Kickstarter, qu pretty quickly you'll see trends of kind of ideas that are capturing people's imaginations. Then you jump over onto places like Springwise and you see any, any sort of trend site and you'll see some things that are really hitting, sparking the interest in the market right now. It's one way to go. I think it's better to go find a problem. Like, I 100% agree. Yeah. Um, I think with such a heightened romanticism around entrepreneurship, there are a lot of solutions running around looking for a problem, mm. right? I, I built the app, I just don't know who it's for yet. Or I built the whatever and I'm just looking for... Find a genuine problem. The best businesses, I think, are founded by people who are scratching their own itch, right? Like, Entourage is kind of an example of yeah. that. I am... My, I am our audience, right? You are yeah. our audience. Yeah. Right? We I would are love to have done audience. it years ago. That, and that's the yeah. thing, right? So I came out of MBE having built and exited MBE to a point and done that very successfully and thought and, and had so many entrepreneurial friends who recognised that education, particularly around entrepreneurs uh, and entrepreneurship, wasn't great. Mm. And so it was, I, I knew exactly what the market And then you go out and you validate and you talk to and you get consumer insights and all of that sort of stuff. But find something that's genuinely a problem and then ensure that enough people have that problem at scale for you to be able to build the business to the size of business that you want to build, right? The only caveat I'd have around that is if you think the problem is going to increase, because when we started Entourage in 2010, although the need for entrepreneurial education, particularly with early stage businesses, was minimal. Mm. But I knew it was going to be a rising tide and it, it was a rising tide, in fact, even more so than I uh, would have forecast at the time. And so there needs to be a seed of a problem. You need to have the problem at the scale or the problem needs to grow into the scale of the kind of movement or community or business that you're looking to build. Mm. Well, and that, that'd be the perfect spot. Like finding a problem yeah, that's just becoming a problem it, yeah. and getting on it and, and mm. starting to solve that before anyone else is. So, um, yeah, it's this constant kind of, so you find a problem uh, and then you want to do do some thinking, go and see how, how other people are solving it. Um, just draw, go and look at a lot of stuff. Like new ideas are generally other ideas colliding together and forming something new. So if you've got a problem that you're trying to solve, 
then go and look at a whole bunch of different places, let it all kind of germinate, and you will come up with that eventually that kind of spark. Yes. Um, it's never like the apple dropping on your head. Yeah. You've got to put in the work. <laughs> um, so you come up with that spark of an idea in response to the problem, and that's what you want to go start testing. Like you're going to get feedback, you'll change it, and then you might develop a prototype, and then you do something like a crowdfunding campaign. And that's the other, there's kind of this funny balance, right? Some people um, will take an idea and run it all the way through. Uh, and then other people, and this might be like, because we watch too many tech startups, we've watched like the social network, which everything happens really quickly. Some people have a germ of an idea and they think that's going to fly. Like you've got to do some work. Even yeah. for a Kickstarter campaign, yeah. you need to have a prototype. You yeah. need to have something to be able to convey the idea to someone. Yeah. So that's kind of the, the middle ground that you need to find. Like, you have an idea, you need to make it real, at least convey it to people so they can get excited about it, mm. but don't chase it all the way through a year or two of development mm. without getting that validation. 100%, 100%. Yeah, and uh, that goes back to the question that was asked earlier around do you need to do marketing and all that sort of stuff. As Timmy said, very, very, very occasionally, and like statistically it'll be like 0.01% of the time, something will kick without any Foresight, consumer insight, structure, planning, oh, marketing, all that. Happy stuff. accident. But it's it's a lottery, Did you right? Pardon? The Did it cue the um, Kickstarter campaign? Just no, no, no. Oh, the one, yeah, yeah, yeah. The camera. Yeah. 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 Oh, oh, the fidget cube. The fidget cube. That's right. Yeah, oh, yeah. I saw that as well with the buttons. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that that is a great that is a great example of something that's just like achieved by accident. The guy, they're, 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 it's great. It's called the Fidget Cube. It's, I think it might have just finished. Yes. I don't know, maybe it did, did it several million dollars. And their actual video is like just a piss take. They're having fun. They're like, do you ever feel like this? And then I think they would have been really surprised by the result. Yeah. They would have been like, ooh, wow. With a few mil in the bank. <laughs> Happy accident. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was saying. Don't be a lottery ticket. Plan it out. Yeah. Foresight. Put it in the structure. Rosie, next question. Okay, next question comes from Katie Hansen. She says, aside from the purpose, General Moz, what would your ideal Kickstarter campaign be? Mm. Oh, wow. This is a big question. Mm. I don't know. I haven't actually thought that far ahead. But we were talking before, like, we'll, we'll do definitely do another one. Yeah. We'll do another one. Um, just basically taking everything we've learned, even just in yeah. the last two weeks since the thing went, is it? It's just under two weeks since it yeah. went live. And yeah. we've already learned a huge amount like yeah. the, the whole world of crowdfunding is opening up um and we've got another 30 days to run so yeah we'll definitely do another one around what i don't know yet i'll go through the process i'll go and find a problem um yeah, it's got to be there's a couple of criteria it's got to be exciting it's got to ca capture people's interest um you just think about some mechanics of like you need something that's easy to send to people um so yeah i've got no idea what it would be but i'd take everything we've learned from now and just run a bigger, more impactful. Ah, oh, it'd be freaking awesome. I've got some ideas. Okay, oh, you, oh, well, no, don't. don't no, I'm not way. gonna. <laughs> <laughs> no, not because I don't want to give, give give you guys everything. But uh, yeah, let's see if they're any good first. Yeah. Oh, well, exactly. We'll do. <laughs> we'll go <laughs> and do some point, testing. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll get some feedback. We'll think through it rather than shoot from the hip, <laughs> which I sometimes I do, believe it or not. All right, Rosie, over to you. Okay. Okay, no, oh yeah, I have an idea, but not sure to how to actually get my product manufactured. Any yep. advice? Do a Kickstarter campaign. No, no, because well, you've got to have a, some plan before then. What can you ask? What kind of product it is? Like, what 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 sort of product are we talking about? I mean, I'll just go on a couple of thoughts from that. Um, <laughs> 
the role. Uh, first of all, be, welcome to Ask Timmy Morris. <laughs> Wednesday night edition. <laughs> Why do you look what's happening to Facebook? Oh, nothing. Say my connection's weak. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, when Rosie's face turns, <laughs> I know something's going technically wrong. <laughs> my jokes aren't that bad. <laughs> they go on a tangent. She's like, not again. <laughs> yeah, well, that's because you're here. <laughs> Whenever Tim's here, we go flaky. Um, so, well, I'll, I'll, I'll just run with some thoughts while we maybe hear some more information about what kind of product they're trying to make. Um, Alibaba is mm. such a fantastic mm. place to go. So Alibaba is uh, Jack Ma's business. It's one of the biggest businesses in the world now. Um, and it's basically, uh, I think it's billed as the shop front for the west to sell, no, for the east to sell to the west. Right? So it's basically, you go on there and you can connect with uh, manufacturers and suppliers, largely through Asia, but it's actually all over the world, um, who make everything. Like you just go on Alibaba and you search for, um, stools or you search for um, like those plastic dog throw things. You search for anything and you'll find people who are making it all around the world. Um, like actually primary manufacturing, they sell them in lots of like a thousand, ten thousand, twenty thousand. This is how we found our underwear supplier for the Pantless Postman. So you go on Alibaba, you search for someone that makes something similar to what you're thinking of making. It doesn't need to be exactly the same thing, but think about materials, think about the functionality of it, and go and search for someone that makes that kind of stuff. And then you might find, this is the power of it, you might find 50 people that make something pretty similar. And then you fire them all a message uh, and say, hey, I'm thinking of making something like this. Don't give them details, just send them a really surface level message. And I guarantee out of that 50, 10. Mm. Maybe five will respond to you. Mm. Great, you've just done your first round of, of culling. So you go to those five people and that's when you start sending them some more information about exactly what you want to do. And you'll start getting a pretty clear idea of who's going to be able to make something for you, roughly how much it might cost mm. um, in large volumes. And then you could start getting into the detailed planning stage. That's just one of them. Um, other ways, go and find an industrial designer. Um, if you can't afford to pay an industrial designer, think about what you could barter with them. Like that's a, a great way of getting something off the ground to begin with. So those are my initial thoughts. Did we find out what kind of product it was? No, we have not. <laughs> but they were great thoughts though. <laughs> Thanks, Rosie. <laughs> Timmy is the master of product to market fit. Like he well, so we uh that's to sign up for our launch program. I was gonna say <laughs> he talks about this for two days in our launch program that we do here at the Entourage. And it shows. <laughs> That Alibaba technique was that, that's how we found our underwear supplier, our underwear manufacturer, and our sock manufacturer for uh, mm, the Pantless Postman. Mm, mm. We probably reached out to a hundred of each mm. and went through the whole process, and we finally selected these guys because they were awesome. These guys they were awesome, and then we thought, oh, let's have a look at where they are. Mm. They were one kilometer away from each other in all of China. It was fantastic. So they could just ship everything together. We saved on shipping. It's <laughs> 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 about the only thing I saved on in that business. <laughs> Rosie, next question. Okay, next question comes from Richard. He asks, how did you research the problem with the Purpose Journal? Mm. We had already done so much of it. And this, is, this comes back to sort of scratching your own itch, right? I am an avid journaler. And we have a community already. So through conversation, both formal, informal, you know, water cooler type conversations, we understood that... People, so, so consider that to be your consumer insights. Sometimes you won't have those resources at your disposal. You'll need to go and actively seek consumer insight. And there's you know, hundreds of ways to do that. However, our consumer insight with, with this particular journal happened naturally and organically 
as we spoke to more and more entrepreneurs, you said, yeah, I really want a journal. And Jack, what you just said really resonated with me about connecting with self. But like, what do you write and how do you start? And, and do you go through a structure or do you just sort of freestyle with a, with a, you know, a pen and a pad? And, um, and so through a lot of those conversations, we were able to get firsthand insight into what's stopping people from journaling and why they would like to journal. The other important input for me around the journal was unwritten because mm. my last book unwritten is so much about becoming your best self and stepping into your own greatness and having that level of self-awareness. The conversations that we've had with our community around unwritten formed a lot of the insight and some of the structure that went into the journal, right? So um, what was it? Consumer insight. Yeah, I think it was the, the first, I think the spark for me was came when you published an article on the yeah. power of journaling. And then yes. as soon and then we were starting to get a lot of feedback from people saying, that's great, I, I understand the importance of it, but how do I do it? Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, so that was a consumer insight. And the other side is that we also know that there is a bit of a trend around this stuff. Yep. So no, while no one's done a journal for entrepreneurs, people have done planners and that's got a bit of traction. And so this, we kind of got a, a problem that we heard firsthand combined with a trend, combined with a lot of the thinking already done, come together. Yeah, perfect yeah. storm. And the other thing was is that we were very clear on what we wanted it to be and we were very clear on what we didn't mm. want it to be. There's a lot of journals out there and there's things like the Wheel of Life, for instance, which is rate your relationships out of 10 and your finance out of 10 and your career out of 10 and your spirituality out of 10, your health out of 10, your what. And what happens is, is inevitably, we all have fucked up wheels, right? Because we might be a nine in our career and a nine in our relationships, but our health is suffering. Or, or to put it differently, we're not putting as much emphasis on our health as we would otherwise like to. Or our relationships are great, but our business isn't, and our health is great. Because that's where we're putting focus. And so the one strong view I have around stepping into your best self is not trying to necessarily, particularly as you're still in your developing years, right, through your 20s and your 30s and you're still building your foundation, is around not necessarily trying to be a complete, well-rounded wheel and a 10 out of 10 in every, every area of your life. Because I can tell you that building fucking businesses for the last 10 years of my life, I don't see my mum as much as I'd like to or as much as I otherwise would. Mm. Now, I'm cool with that, right? Like, it's a choice you make. And I probably don't get to the gym as much as I should. Right, but 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 I do, I do it to a degree, and, and it's and it's all good. Like there's, there's nothing suffering, but there will inevitably, when you're very clear on your purpose, when you're very clear on what you're here to do, you you do that to the nth degree, right? And so sometimes that means you have a really lopsided. Well, in fact, I'd say always. I'd say every human on the planet has a lopsided wheel. I don't care if you're Barack Obama or Oprah Winfrey or Timmy Morris, your wheel is lopsided. And sometimes just because you're a four out of 10 doesn't mean that that's the area you should necessarily focus on. Anyway, my point around that was, I clearly have gripes around the, what's currently being discussed and what's currently being encouraged with the general consumer around how to find your purpose and how to be your best self. And so we knew what we wanted to say. We knew what we wanted to help people to achieve when they got this in their hands. Cool. Nice Jack wouldn't be complete without a good rant in there, would it? That, Rosie, was, we are that so was a pretty epic rant. I was just sitting back and being like, yeah, we're on a roll. We're on a roll with the wonky wheel. And we are over time. Facebook Live, thank you so much for participating. As always, guys, 
hit share. Please share this with your audience. There are people who benefit from having this conversation with us on a weekly basis. Thank you all for the questions, and the input. Check out the campaign. And absolutely check out the campaign. Rosie will put the link in the comments below for you guys. She'll also put it in the comments below for you guys. Timmy Morris, it is always a pleasure. Next time Thank we you talk much. product to market fit, yes. I won't come. It'll be all of you. Uh, Shawnee behind the camera, thank you. Episode 225, Rosie? 223. 223. Rolling. Well done. We've got to think about what we're going to do at episode 300. I know. It'll come, it'll be just around the corner. Yeah. Cool. Facebook Live, thank you so much, guys. Thank you so much, guys. Timmy, always a pleasure. See you next time. Yeah. So what that means right now is my head's in the cloud, my feet tied down.